Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Just the Headers, episode number 23. We've been doing this for 23 weeks, man. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. 23. 23 weeks, I know. <laughs> Our um Just the Headers is old enough to old enough to buy a drink at a bar. Yep. I'm almost old enough to uh what happens when you turn 25? Can't you like rent a car or something? Yeah, you you can rent a car at a discount, right? Mm-hmm. Almost old enough to rent a car at a discount. Uh, I remember when I was 25. No gray hairs. No crypto in my life. So <laughs> no daily stressors. <laughs> Just lots of post-it notes everywhere and dreams of grandeur. Aren't you? Wait, aren't you 25? I'm 26. You're 26? Oh, okay. Did you just turn 26 or? No, I'll be turning 27 the end of this year. You're old, man. Yeah. (laughs) I just turned 33 not too long ago, so I'm actually ancient. So, yeah. I listen to 90s music very aggressively lately. So, yeah. Um, Who, Who from the 90s should I ask? Um, Backstreet Boys. I got you covered, homie. I got you covered. <laughs> Definitely not the Backstreet Boys. Who do you take me for? <laughs> I'm an in sync man. Oh, okay. Was <laughs> it like black and blue? Or black and no, that's Backstreet Boys, right? Black and yellow. In sync is like no strings attached, right? Black and yellow is like Wiz Khalifa. No, no, no. Black and yellow is the album name, I think, of a Backstreet Boys. I don't know albums, man. You're digging deeper than I am. <laughs> a little bit of um out of my head by fastball some money ain't a thing by Jermaine Dupri um with lyrics that's it I think I think it goes I rumble hard under double R which means I, I rumble I, I drive very aggressively in my Royals Royce <laughs> and then I have the rebirth of slick from the diggable planets I'm cool like that I'll fly like that that's a good song I don't want to be a player no more by big pun who clearly wasn't a player. So I don't really get that song. And then the Humpty Dance. Did you ever hear the Humpty Dance? No. The Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. And it was a whole dance where you hump. Like, music really hasn't gotten that much better in 30 years. (laughs) It's, It's still pretty terrible on the pop side. But there was a guy... So now rappers try desperately to permanently look like clowns. But in the early 90s, there was a guy who was the leader of the Sex Packets, or sorry, the Digital Underground. And I guess the album was called Sex Packets. And um, he wore a clown costume. Like he wore a fake big nose and big glasses. 
and the Humpty dances put him on the planet. And like, oh, oh, do me, baby. I do the Humpty Hump. I do the oh, Humpty Hump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That Yeah, I remember that song. And my, my favorite line is, <laughs> here's a line from the song. And then we'll actually tell people why they tuned in. And that's, hey, hey yo, fat girl, come here. Are you ticklish? Yeah, I called you fat. Look at me, I'm skinny. That's a lyric. That's a lyric <laughs> in the song. So, I guess music really hasn't gotten that much better. But sorry, guys. So, welcome to Just the Headers with myself and Jesse. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes in. And we're going to discuss to you guys some headlines. Uh, three headlines from every day going from last Saturday to um, Thursday. So, yesterday. By the time you listen to this. Uh, it will have been Friday, September 28th, um, but we're only going to give you last Saturday to Thursday because uh, Friday is zero confirmation news. So, Jesse, tell the people how your week went. Um, I didn't really do much. What about you? I did things. I did lots of things, but... Um, I can't. I don't think anything like really stands out as like oh just, oh the National Passport Center lost my passport so that was cute. <laughs> but I think that was last week actually. Yeah, that was last week. They got it and they're reissuing a new one. So that's gonna be cool. Um, yay for government agencies being incompetent. So maybe you yeah. just didn't pay the expedit. What is it? There's like an expedite. Process. I paid it. I paid it like weeks and weeks and weeks ago for the expedited processing. Yeah. yeah. And they expedited it so fast. They apparently they sent my passport to a fucking black hole because because <laughs> <laughs> it never got delivered to my apartment. <laughs> so there's that. Um. Anyways, let's get into it. You want to go first? You want to go first? Sure. All right, I'll, I'll hit the weekend first. All right, so starting with the weekend news, we're going to see what's the first article. So the first article is coming at you from Bitcoin.com. It's about Turkey finance minister embraces ICO hype for already troubled economy. This article is written by C. Edward Kelso with 2,465 eyeballs. If regional Turkish media is to be believed, no less than the country's minister of finance, Finman, Barat, wait, what is finance, Finman? What is that in parentheses, Finman? The, oh, finance. the country's minister of finance is called Finman. Okay. Hmm. Barat. That's what I thought. I thought it was his last name because that's normally how, you know, the sentence is structured. But, okay. Barat al-Bayrak is his actual name has proposed looking into the wildcat world of initial coin offerings as a way to boost the economy. English-speaking press reports so far haven't mentioned Turkey's supposed turn towards state-backed crypto products, but they have highlighted forecasts the country's sagging, devalued lira is set to make a comeback. Huh. Isn't Turkey still fighting Russia? Or was that just that little bitty, like... uh little bitty dingleberry nation kind of territory that they had that Russia just came and just kind of grabbed. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember. I you remember what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, loosely? About. Yeah, like it, I just don't remember. I think it was, like, in 2016 or 2015, Russia was like, oh, that dingleberry right there, you keep forgetting to scrape off? We're going to go ahead and take that. And then Russia just took it. I can hear you Googling now. I love yeah. Googling. Is it Crimea? Is yeah, that Crimea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they annexed them, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. Um, mm. Okay. Turkey had to be upset, part of but not that upset. Was was Crimea part of Turkey or was it its own thing? Uh, I think I feel like Crimea is like like how Puerto Rico is for us. You know, it's like huh. it's kind of a state, but but at the same time not like we love them for for the lentils and rice but however some rights that puerto ricans don't get you know what i mean huh i think that's how crimea was for turkey yeah this is probably why i should not teach world geography because i don't know (laughs) so i guess they're like are they really just turning to crypto for stabilizing their fiat uh that's what it looks like they're having a lot of problems though because they're 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 gonna be probably like the next venezuela is what it's looking like because they can't really control the downturn of inflation mm-hmm. you know unlike us who we slowly increase interest rates on banks and then fastly bleed wealth from the middle class but other places they really can't control inflation whatsoever and then hyperinflation occurs so that's what it well, is I guess we'll shortcut the article, and I guess that's the conclusion. Um, at the bottom of the article, it says, Are ICOs a solution for Turkey's economic woes? Um, no, that's like, the end yeah. of that question. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jesse, right. you think ICOs are going to save Turkey? No. I okay. Think, right. I don't think they're going to save Turkey, unfortunately. Say Thanksgiving turkeys, but putting them on blockchains. Hey yo, <laughs> sorry, that was from rude. adoption to FOMO. Reasons behind Ripple's leap. I, I didn't really have a segue for that one. Let's okay. leap into okay. the next Let's article. Keep going. Let's keep going. By Stephen O'Neill. Over the past week, altcoin Ripple's price has gone through the roof. It has seen an unprecedented 140% growth <gasps> over the past seven days. Gasp. Almost 63% in the past 24 hours alone, trading at around 61 cents at press time. XRP has gone as far as to beat Ethereum to be ranked number two by total market capitalization on coin market cap. Returned to the third spot by the press time. What could possibly drive the price so high? While there's no definite answer to that question, here's some background and theories. Background. What is Ripple bringing to the table? Um, okay, hold on. Let me... Uh, yeah, do you want to go over this? The Ripple stuff? Yeah. I mean, the price went up was Ripple. There's no denying it. We had on a Ripple enthusiast, uh, Ray Redacted. Thank you for coming on the Bitcoin podcast. Um, if you didn't catch episode 223, 4. Um, but, um, I mean, the price went up. Theory number one is that X Rapid launched. X Rapid is like their, I guess, like really fast transactions. 
Uh, the quote here is I'm very confident that in the next month or so, you'll see some good news coming in where we launch the product live in production. That's coming from Rupal Sagir Sarbahi. Interesting. Um, what is XRapid? Let's let's go into what X, XRapid is a blockchain backed. I don't know what that means. Tool designed by Ripple for easing cross-border fiat transfers between financial instruments. What does that mean? Blockchain backed. Is it, I mean I think it means like uh, I mean I guess, I guess they're using a blockchain to. Well, it says fiat transfers, right, between financial institutions. So it's a settlement. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a settlement mechanism, I guess. Instantaneous settlement. Why don't they? Uh, hmm. I really wish I understood how settlements between financial in- institutions in different countries or different financial institutions in different countries work. Uh, they go really through Swift. That. They go through Swift. But what you're saying is you don't really understand Swift. Yeah, I don't understand Swift, yeah. and I don't understand how XRapid is sliding in to, to I guess, uh, yeah. be an alternative for Swift. So Swift is like the third party. If I have a bank, say, Jesse, you have a bank in the Philippines, and I have a bank in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, tapping into our roots. <laughs> and so you're like, hey, hey, D, I want to send you some money. And I'm like, okay. Prove that you have the money. And you're like, well, I'm a bank, right? So you know I have money. And I'm like, that's not enough proof. We need a third party. Swift comes in and says, okay, I'm going to make sure that Jesse has the money to send to you, D. And then that's how that's going to be. And then we say, okay, Swift. And so Swift checks your accounts. And Swift is like, yeah, Jesse's got it. He can send it. First, they send it to Swift. Swift then sends it to me. And Swift takes their cut. So it was made in 1974. Mm -hmm, Swift mm -hmm. system was formed in 1974. Seven major international banks formed a cooperative society to operate a global network that would transfer financial messages in a secure and timely manner. Prior to Swift, Telex was the only available means of message confirmation for international funds transfer. Mm -hmm, Telex mm -hmm. was hampered by low speed security concerns in a free message format. In other words, Telex did not have a unified system of codes like Swift to name banks and describe transactions. Telex senders had to describe every transaction in sentences, which were then interpreted and executed by the receiver. Mm-hmm. This led to many human errors. Yeah, so now we don't need Swift anymore, right? Because if you, Jesse, in the Philippines, can look at the blockchain and see that... Sorry, if I can look at the blockchain and see that... Sorry. Let me erase both of that and just say that like, if you can send me the Bitcoin, then you have it. And so you send me the Bitcoin. I receive the Bitcoin. You say, hey, here's a transaction ID. I look at the transaction ID and I'm like, yep, that's you. All right. Boom. Boom. Shakalaka. We're done. So we don't need Swift anymore. But apparently some people think we do. So who actually ran Swift? Like, um, no, man. We don't we don't have enough time for those breadcrumbs, I don't think. <laughs> Every time I feel we start a show, you put on like your detective hat 
and like your monocle and you're like let's do this let's always like want to dig deeper maybe and understand things that i know nothing about that should be like a premium show where we just take like one article and follow every single breadcrumb we can until we're just like fuck it i don't get it i just don't even know like (laughs) speaking of uh speaking of uh not knowing about Wait, there, it says within three years of introduction, Swift membership had increased to 230 banks across five countries. Although there are no, or although there are other message services like Fedwire, Ripple, and Chips, Swift continues to retain its dominant position in the market. Also, Ripple is actually listed like as a competitor to Swift. I guess so. Yeah. Oh wow. Joe so. Blue, if you're listening to this, Joe Blau, I don't really know how to say the B part, but I do know Joe. You've made me think a lot about XRP this week. I'll talk about it on the Bitcoin podcast. Okay, next article. So why would why would we use Ripple? <laughs> Dude, I, I, the, yeah, okay, never mind. All right, let's the, move on to the next article. <laughs> because it's cheaper and it's faster. That's really the only reason to use it. However, with the like Lightning Network, it's not cheaper and it's not faster. So that's why I don't get it. Right? But, okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever. But it, it, it's just, you know, sometimes some things you don't understand, some things you do. That's some that sounds like a some things you don't understand and some things you do. That sounds like a 90s sitcom right there. Whatever just, happened. <laughs> <laughs> lay, lay it on him, Jesse. Hello. No, Listen, okay. lay it on him. No, I can't. I don't know what the Whatever happened to the Swift company. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be Swift and now it's XRP. There we go. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> No, don't don't pay him. That's so good. Don't because uh, I don't want. It. Yeah, I don't know. Make a jingle for for a generic crypto. Go a generic crypto. Uh, Neo. If you're hanging out in China and you don't know what to use, you could use Ether. But why when you can use Neo too? <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one was better. Oh man, okay, it was way. I hate how you did like a good ad for Ripple, and then now people are gonna buy Ripple. No, <laughs> yeah, that that jingle alone makes me want to go out and buy a giant pile of Ripple. Right? Sorry, XRP immediately. <laughs> Maybe if I did the jingles with different melodies than just the same Full House <laughs> melody, <laughs> if I that that would be my that'd be my formula. All jingles, same melody, same voice, just different words. Somebody's buying it. Like, if, even if it was Cool Whip. Like, whatever happened to you? <laughs> Sorry. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Next. <laughs> All right. Iceland's industry to shift from crypto mining to, quote, pure blockchain business, insiders say, by Helen Parts. This article is brought to you by Cointelegraph. Iceland's crypto industry is expected to move away from crypto mining and shift to, quote, pure blockchain business. This is according to forecasts made by a number of local industry insiders who talked to the news site Red Herring, September 23rd. Haldor Jorgensen, uh, Jorgensen, chairman of Reykjavik's based Borealis data center, told Red Herring that 
demand from local crypto and blockchain facilities is, quote, shifting more towards the pure blockchain. What does that mean rather than focusing on Bitcoin? Okay, so you're not focusing on Bitcoin mining. What are you focusing on? Fiat to crypto conversion? Okay, according to Jorgensen, the frenzy around BTC mining has declined to a level that is, quote, not as crazy as it was a year ago. Okay, yeah, duh. When the currency has hit its all-time high, yep. Despite that, the chairman has suggested that the Bitcoin mining, quote, wave has contributed to the faster growth of local energy and data industries whose well-developed infrastructures are now expected to provide a boost to blockchain-related businesses. Um, cold climate in Iceland, geothermal hydropower, home to one of the five largest, world's five largest crypto mining farms, one of them, Genesis Mining. Jesse, what I believe is happening is Iceland is trying to say that our electricity is so crazy cheap. We're just going to mine everything and sell it back to you, plebs. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So this, they're just calling it blockchain business with quotations because they're going to mine every token that you could possibly mine. And then they're going to sell it back to you for cheap because they have, I think their electricity is like, what, 30% cheaper than everyone else's on average. So they can get that much more profit. So, mm. yeah. At the bottom of the article, why. it also says um, blockchain technology group Bitfury announced the launch of its new generation BTC mining hardware with plans to use the new machines in its mining centers in Canada, Norway, Iceland, and Georgia. Canada? Yeah, Canada, it's Norway. It's not Canada? It's Canada. Canada. Okay. And Georgia, like the country Georgia or like the state Georgia? Um, I think they mean the state Georgia. Hold up. Let's click and find out. Uh, I clicked it. Didn't work. Didn't do anything. It just says Georgia News. Like that mm. that clears it up. But you know what? Let's not be in let's not let's stop being statists, okay? Because us Americans, we have a tendency to think that everything revolves around America. And let's think that this let's just go ahead and assume this is the country Georgia. Because I'm an open minded okay. individual and I'm a cultured soul. Huh? I'm pretty sure it's the country Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go ahead and make that assumption. So All right. And with that, we are brought to Monday. Monday, Monday. Where's the rap air horn when you near it, when you need it for a transition? <laughs> Mondays. Oh, this looks neat. You picked this because the visual alone. Okay. Sure. Four days ago, written by C. Edward Kelso. I can't see how many views it has because for whatever reason, lately on the Bitcoin.com site, it won't bring that up. How much? 3,782. For whatever reason. Are you using Firefox or Chrome? Chrome. That's weird. It won't it won't bring up how many views it has on my on my Chrome. My Chrome box. My Chrome That's screen. But anyways, this is a featured article, which probably means it's paid for, but Long Hash launches Bitcoin tracker to find dirty money. <laughs> They're trying to dirty money. They're trying to catch them. Hello, Jesse, you're gonna like this one. They're trying to catch them uh, signing dirty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to catch them signing dirty. The You know the chameleon yeah, yeah, song? I know. I know. Yeah. Are you sure you know? I'm not going to know it unless you sing it. Yeah. I, I, I know. You can't respond with yeah. 
I, never I mean, because the Full House one was better. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, I thought you were going to sing They See Me Holding. They Hate. <laughs> <laughs> Patrolling and Try to Catch Me Signing Dirty. That almost writes itself. That writes itself. <laughs> Anyways. Longhash, a crypto and blockchain media and analysis site, recently launched its own Bitcoin tracker in an effort to offer more peace of mind to investors, regulators, and the general pub. Gen pub means general public for you plebs in the audience. Users can basically find the origin of BTC tracking it through the many places it has traveled. Okay, so that thing that they said is false. Users can't basically find... It's not easy to find the origin of a B... It's not like easy to track down where bitcoin originated from okay you have to do some forensics and know some shit like there's just no way you you can only attach a private key that signs something but you don't know who did that it's very pseudonymous i mean i think it'd take a squad to find out who's anyways longhash launches the bitcoin tracker Compared to the traditional financial system, Longhash explains cryptocurrency can seem murky. Bitcoin transactions are pseudonymous, which makes them attractive to criminals. And what? This is false. We already know it's false. But anyways, and while that statement can sure trigger a great many Bitcoiners to outrage, it just triggered me. I'm triggered. (laughs) And it probably should. The site believes mainstreaming crypto adoption will come with the advent of tools for transparency. It's also an interesting juxtaposition on where many in the ecosystem seem to be philosophically privacy-based coins, regardless of their actual efficacy, are all the rage as developers look to thwart minders, official and otherwise, to bring about a more cash-like experience. So this is definitely like a featured article because privacy coins aren't all the rage that they used to be. They're all the rage with people that love, love, love privacy and need it in their life. So, Mm -hmm. um. Let's go on to the next article. Yeah, I'm not feeling this one. Yeah. So speaking of articles, I don't like that last one. Hopefully this one's better. This one's written by William <laughs> 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 uh, That transition. Italian soccer club. You just threw me down and ran over me. I'm sorry, man. Your Monday art, your Sunday, your Saturday, Sunday articles are great. Your Monday articles right now are dropping the ball. <laughs> William Stuberg from Cointelegraph writes um, a headline that says, and it has 5,997 total views. Um, So this is the way I look at this, guys. Audience, let's take a second. You're driving in your car. Hopefully you're in traffic, so this is soothing you. (laughs) Stop. If you laugh, it takes away. If you keep laughing, it's taking away. Okay, okay. Okay, go. Hopefully you're in your car, and this is soothing to you. Sorry, I got (laughs) you. <laughs> I just read the damn article. <laughs> no, stop. This is important this is okay. for them to, to to visualize. So when we give you these metrics on how these articles are performing, picture a room or a stadium full of people and like five thousand nine hundred ninety seven people is a lot of people. Now I know we live in this internet era where like people like Lil Pump and Lil Xan and Lil Insert nouns and predicate na- what nouns and not nouns vowels and uh wow brain anyways little rappers and you can get two million views for for sending yourself to the hospital for flaming hot cheetos six thousand people is still a lot of people to reach 
All right. So I want to say that. So when, so visualize a stadium and then there's people out there. You've been in auditoriums of 100, 200, 300. Imagine 2,000, 3,000. So like, there we go. Okay. Now we're getting to the article. Italian soccer club. Juventus follows France's Paris Saint-Germain to launch fan token. This is going to be a good one. Thank you, Jesse, for giving me <laughs> this is the shittiest article. articles. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I put this together in a hurry. Well, I was playing well. Oh, all right. Okay, here we go. Let's roll with <laughs> you it. You don't have to read this one. I'm going with it. Major okay. League Italian Soccer Club Eventus announced Monday, September 24th, that it's launching its own cryptocurrency, the Fan Token. Uh, <laughs> It's officially redeemable in uh, Chuck E. Cheese restaurants around the globe. Two weeks after a similar announcement from Paris St. German. The product of partnership with blockchain-based fan engagement. Oh, wow. Blockchain-based fan engagement platform, Socios.com. The Italian club aims to release its Juventus official fan token as, as a Q1 next year. So, so you Juventus fans out there. While you're buying your jersey, might as well slap some fan token on with it. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I should stop being so harsh. I should stop being so harsh. It could well, be a legitimate. They're awful. It's, it's okay. <laughs> they're awful. All right. Let's go stop on to we, we got to finish this out. Here's a quote. Together, actually. we believe we can offer new opportunities to our worldwide fan base to engage in cutting edge way with their favorite club. Um, so socio CEO Alexander Dreyfus was nonetheless upbeat about crypto's potential, forecasting the company's partnerships to inject $300 million into the sports economy over the next few years. Details remain outstanding on the token's tradability. So, all right. Well, if you like soccer, then I guess you might have liked that last article. Yeah. If you're into soccer and you're into crypto, then go buy some fan token for just the Juventus Soccer Club um, and support them yeah okay so on to the next uh article tuesday's articles yeah no we still have one more on monday no you don't yeah you do max yakabowski yakabowski uh 4911 total views 240 total shares this is from coin telegraph what are you laughing uncontrollably like that? If you had read, if you had started the weekend, I I would have had all these articles, and then I would have been like, "Wow, these are really crappy." Yep, but you picked this. You brought this on yourself, Jesse. It was all you. I'm sorry. Spain to develop blockchain tech application for transparency <laughs> and forestry industry. So mm, this could be interesting, right? right? <laughs> It's just the Spanish Ministry of Agriculture, Fisheries, and Food plans to apply <laughs> blockchain technology to develop the forestry industry. Local news outlet Europa Press. So the operating group entitled Chainwood. <laughs> Stop it. Just, why did you pick these? There's, there's hundreds of articles. Choose. Oh, wait. Hey, look. Look at the bottom. <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. The working meetings of Chainwood have already been held in Santiago de Compostela in Madrid. 
Okay. So this article is like 300 words long. Jesse obviously did not take his time curating <laughs> this week. And this is what we get. The working meetings of Chainwood. Horrible <laughs> name. Man, that, there's there are better names than that. Have already been held in Santiago de Compostela and Madrid with the group set to develop a cloud-based software that will improve the transparency for the forestry processes. Uh, like the creation of solid wood. Uh, <laughs> cellulose paste. Disintegration. Cellulose paste and biomass. So cellulose paste is uh, is interesting stuff. Cellulose is interesting stuff. It's in your cheese, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you ever looked at a bag of cheese and seen a little white powder in it? Yeah. That's not cheese. That's cellulose. Oh, interesting. That's used to bring the moisture out of the cheese so it's less sticky and it lasts longer on the shelves and in your fridge. Oh, cool. It's like those uh, pellets that they put in shoes. Yep. The more you know. It's totally safe and totally edible, but there is like a customer. There's a level where a customer will get frustrated with how much cellulose is in their cheese or not. And you have to be careful with that. So usually the cellulose is just dripping on the cheese as it's tumbled. But Isn't cellulose like paper? Yeah. I mean, it's like paper. They put it in. You're basically eating little microscopic paper with your shredded cheese. So ah. there you go. Cool. Yep. I hope Tuesday's articles are not as bad as Monday's. Yeah, me too, man. Great job with Monday. I got this Maybe. one hell of a Monday. Your turn now. <laughs> Tuesday's all you. Wallet provider blockchain sues crypto startup days before ICO. Ooh. This article is brought to you by Nicholas Day on Coindesk. Luxembourg-based cryptocurrency wallet provider blockchain. Wow, it's just called blockchain. Dude, it's you don't know blockchain.com? Oh, is that them? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know they were Luxembourg. Okay. Has filed a lawsuit against a startup with a similar name, the company announced Thursday. Blockchain, formerly known as blockchain.info, is suing blockchain.io just days in advance of the latter's initial coin offering over concerns that investors may believe they are buying tokens distributed by the wallet distributor Mm. according to a public court filing. Good move. This is a solid move, blockchain. So how does that lawsuit work? Would they take over? I don't know. I don't think we'd know the details of that, but there's some gray stuff here. Read that gray stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the gray stuff. Okay. Um, As, quote, as we allege in our complaint, blockchain.io is using our brand to cover up a history of hacking and theft of user funds. (gasps) Worse. They are raising money in a dubious ICO they claim is, quote, registered with the, in brackets, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. There is, of course, no registration statement in place. Given the current climate of SEC enforcement and scam ICOs, when users and investors alerted us to this confusion, we needed to step up and take action before any further harm was done. Who says dubious? That's how serious you know a motherfucker is if they say do. This dude is being dubious. Dubious. So long story short, blockchain.io looks like a scammy scam. Blockchain.info, or sorry, originally blockchain.info, now blockchain.com, uh, who still offers some of the best 
the metrics and visual visualizations for the performance of the Bitcoin blockchain. By the way, um, they what about are suing. Bitcoin.com and Bitcoin.org. Well, Bitcoin.com is Roger Ver. Bitcoin.org is uh, is going to be very soon because he bought that. But Blockchain.com, or he didn't buy that. I think he's like sneakily, he's up in there with Blockchain.org. Because I think there was like some hustle fuss of where Blockchain.org having misinformation on it not too long ago. But nevertheless. Bitcoin.org? Yeah, Bitcoin.org. Sorry. Bitcoin.org. So Blockchain. The new Bitcoin domain. Huh? What's the new Bitcoin domain? I forgot. Yeah, it's called Bitcoin Core, right? Dot com now? Mm, no. It's on the um it's on the repository on the GitHub, right? Bitcoin.com is just Bitcoin. No, no, because okay, no. What I'm getting at is the Bitcoin Core repository was tied to Bitcoin.org's website like they mm. they referenced if you want more information about bitcoin we refer you to this website and then mm-hmm. like you were saying the owner of bitcoin.org was being i don't remember what happened exactly but he was i guess doing some dubious things <laughs> and good word and the repository the i guess the people who, who have rights to the repository to the bitcoin core repository revised that link and they pointed it to somewhere else i just don't remember or maybe they just removed it entirely but is there a bitcoin website now no okay uh there's a bitcoin wiki the bitcoin wiki is is still untainted oh okay okay looks like the lawyer of blockchain.io had something to say against blockchain.info or blockchain. He said, quote, their use of the word, excuse me, blockchain isn't really protected under U.S. trademark law. Mm. Perhaps because they couldn't get protection for the word, they filed a, quote, design mark. And then in quotes again, blockchain, in all capital letters, with a picture next to it. And even though they don't have a trademark protection for the word, it appears that they are in effect by this lawsuit trying to use their design mark to prevent blockchain.io from using word block from using the word blockchain. Mm. You think that's a weak argument he concluded. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Scammy? Scammy of them to use Oh hell yeah, it's extra scammy of them to use blockchain.io because it's like they even use like blockchain.com's uh, icon is a square, mm-hmm. essentially a square that is rotated 90 degrees, or you say 90 degrees. And then blockchain.io is a hexagon that's like rotated so that it's ver- one of the vertices is, is on the floor. So it's very scammy. And oh, I guess it's a hexagon, or it could be a cube if you're looking that three dimensional. But it's just scammy as shit. Don't do that blockchain dio scam, guys. I'm calling it a scam. I usually don't do that, but that's that's fishy, and they need to change some things. So next, all right, next article for Tuesday: decentralized app 
to give social media a new meaning by rewarding real-life interactions. By Connor Blankensop with (gasps) 1,672 total views and 257 total shares. What are you doing, Jesse? This is sponsored sponsored where, where do you article see oh man all right so is it like right there yeah i don't look at the picture oh okay that's probably why i'm picking up a lot of featured and sponsored articles um all right let's go to the next article <gasps> charlie shrimp is an advisor oh this one's interesting this Read article it. is entitled early execs leave block dot one peter teal backed crypto startup behind eo eos uh, this is written by Ada Hui and has 569 retweets and one Reddit share. Four early employees and two contractors have resigned from the Hong Kong cryptocurrency company Block One to start up Strong Block. God damn, these names are so similar. A new blockchain project that is currently under wraps. David Moss, Thomas Cox, Brian Abramson, and Corey J. Letterer. Letterer. The employees were the second, third, fourth, and fifth to be hired by Block.1, the corporate parent that created the decentralized operating system and application environment, EOS. EOS, a computing protocol that competes with the technology behind Bitcoin and Ethereum blockchains, supplies a native currency, cryptocurrency of the same name, and has a market capitalization valued at more than $5 billion today. At Block.1, the four employees took on overwhelmingly technical roles. Moss has been the Senior Vice President of uh, Technology Operations, Cox, the Vice President of Product, Abramson, the Vice President of Infrastructure, and Letterer, the Senior Director of Technology Products. The executives joined last year with Moss and Cox in August and Abramson and Letterer in September. But software developers John Eric Cook and Michael S. Mason, the contractors, just began remote work on EOS in the spring. According to their LinkedIn profiles, Abramson, Letterer, Cook, and Mason quietly left Block.1 and EOS in the summer. Moss had already quit by May, a month before Block.1 published the EOS main network. EOS launched two test networks later uh, last year in September and December, and two test networks this year in January and May. The main network went live in June and was released as an open source software platform. Quote, we left because we saw a need in the blockchain marketplace that Block.1 was not going to address, one of the former Block1 employees said, uh, but did not specifically comment on strong block strategy to improve the EOS blockchain. In a live tweet of a talk posted from the Global Media Blockchain Summit in LA last month, Moss, the CEO of Strong Block, had hinted EOS will be a 787 and strong block will be a custom 787 factory mm-hmm. while displaying a picture of two Boeing 787 airplanes sitting inside a hangar. Okay. So it's just going to be like, you can customize your own blockchain mm-hmm. and it's going to be like customize your own private EOS blockchain. Um, The ex-Block1 Associates formed StrongBlock in July with Brandon Espinoza, an EOS governance specialist. StrongBlock is in stealth and does not plan on releasing its product soon, and their exodus has opened up a talent vacuum yet to be filled on Block1's leading technical team. Block1 had recently raised billions in investor money and initiated in the early stages of a core product rollout on EOS. 
So it looks like EOS got gutted, technically. Is what I'm gathering. Hmm? You said they got technically technically routed? They got technically gutted. Yep. Yep. Routed, gutted. There's a lot of fishy shit going on with EOS. Brock yeah, Pierce left. He's just on the EOS Foundation, which means he does nothing. Billionaire backers for this Block 1 thing. Block 1 is kind of responsible for maintaining its constitution, according to think what Brock Pierce told us. And then all these names. Dan Lermere is popping up all over the place lately. He makes a lot of things. Where did, did you see his name in that article? Steam it, bit shares. In the oh, second yeah, yeah. under billionaire backers, he made bit shares. He made Steam it. I think he made yeah. part of Dogecoin. I want to believe. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Whew! That man's got some chad. Yeah, chad. Yeah. Here's a quote. Uh, it's given by Samani. Who is, let me see here, Kyle Samani, a managing partner at Multicoin Capital and vocal supporter of EOS, said, We don't have anything to add on this front when he was asked about the Block.1 being short staffed. So, yeah. I think Block.1 is maintaining the code base and constitution of EOS, and they're being routed technically, so that's not a good sign. I don't, there's so much going on that it's. Anybody want to know about EOS? Look it up and then come into the Slack and let us know what's going on there because all I know is Puerto Rico. So, no, I'm kidding. There's, I guess, EOS is running just slapsticky. So, mm. speaking of slapstick, Marie Hewlett wrote on Wednesday 4,577 total views, 211 total shares. Oh, Tech Giant. Sponsored. Huh? I said this isn't sponsored. Not sponsored, baby. Tech giant Dell looks to blockchain to stay competitive in Indian server market. Uh, ooh, that's not good news for Dell. <laughs> Tech giant Dell, ENC Technologies plans to remain a leader in the Indian server market by introducing products that have blockchain capabilities. Wow. Local news outlet Economic Times India reports September 26th. Dell has identified blockchain, artificial intelligence, data analytics as cloud compliance as key co- key features that the firm will push forward with in order to retain its edge. According to the Economic Times India, Dell had the highest overall market share of the Indian server market in Q1 2018 at 28.3%, up from 19.4% in the previous quarter. Manish Gupta, Senior Director and General Manager at Infrastructure Solutions Group Dell EMC India, is quoted by Economic Times India saying that, The clients that we work with are looking to tap these technologies, which is why we are bringing in servers that allows them to optimize the traditional workloads on traditional workloads, as well as invest into new age workloads, such as cloud, artificial intelligence, analytics, and blockchain. So Dell is scrambling to get in on this blockchain goodie. Mm -hmm. That's what it hears. That's what I, that's what I hear. It's like, oh, damn. We tried to ignore this blockchain shit and we're missing out. Mm. Anyways. Well, 
Good luck, Dell. I hope that blockchain stuff works out for you. You should hit up IBM. Okay, so this was the biggest news of the week, wasn't it? Coinbase yeah. opens its doors to an array of altcoins. This is written by our homeboy, Kai Sedgwick. How many views does this have? 11,368. 11,000 people roaring in a stadium. Ah, Coinbase. Ah. I don't know why I did that. But Coinbase, traditionally timid exchange when it comes to listing cryptocurrencies, has dramatically changed its stance. The California-headquartered firm has now opened its doors to applications from all coins. Assets deemed suitably robust and eligible for its listing criteria. And boom, bing, bow. I predicted it for months. Coinbase is going to muddy the waters enough to them to legitimize adding coins that they have giant bags of. World's a beautiful place, isn't it, Jesse? It's ugly. Coinbase cost. Are you busy? What are you doing? How can you hear me? I can hear you. It just sounds like you're. You got stuff going on over there. You're building paper planes or something. I'm moving the mic. Oh, okay. Sounds a little muffled now. Are you holding it really close to your mouth? No. Okay. I'm gonna... oh, about that now. Is gonna be tough on the listeners. Okay. All right, go, better go, now? Yeah, it's better now. It's better now. Okay. So let's read a little bit. Coinbase cautiously welcomes an army of assets. It's going to be a war on crypto. Yeah, baby. Coinbase is possibly the world's most cautious cryptocurrency exchange. To date, it's just listed. It's listed just five cryptocurrencies: BTC, BCH, LTC, ETH. ETC, and we'll have run these decisions past a horde of lawyers and regulatory agencies before proceeding. In a surprise move, the U.S. exchange has now altered its policy, going so far as to solicit applications from project teams desiring to have their coin listed. So, I do not want to be working at Coinbase right now, the person sifting through all of these thousands of applications per second. Oh, boy. Oh, Boy. So um, you can go to Coinbase.com. I'm pretty sure there'll be pop-ups and things to lead you to if you would like to list your token. Um, yeah, they're trying to create a standard, man, the Coinbase standard. You want to list the coin on Coinbase, Jesse? Yeah, Jesse Coin. Jesse Coin? What would it do? What's its utility? Mm, absolutely nothing. Puts money straight into your pocket. That's the use. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You use Jesse coin to put money into Jesse's pocket. It's so utilitarian. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a rigorous process. Um, kudos to Coinbase. They're doing a lot of things. They, did one you thing know that, that, did huh? you know that, like, uh, did you know that Coinbase shut down? I didn't know that WikiLeaks account. I didn't know that. What did you? I did not know that. The Coinbase wiki, they shut it down? Yeah, WikiLeaks had an account with Coinbase and they closed it. Oh, yeah, that's because people were trying to pay WikiLeaks via Coinbase. Oh. And oh. a lot of governments hate WikiLeaks right now. So yeah. it's it's one of those, like, I love how, like, news that's actually pertinent just disappears. You know what I mean? Like WikiLeaks was a big deal because it was like putting governments on blast and very shady, shady practices from the banking industry and all kinds of industries. 
And then it's just like, oh, the guy that makes WikiLeaks is a bad guy. And then it just disappears. Like, we never hear about WikiLeaks anymore. It's almost like the internet was scrubbed of it. <gasps> Wait, is really WikiLeaks isn't on the internet anymore? No, I mean, you could find it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Like, <laughs> it's not. You can't just go to WikiLeaks.org? Is that what it is? I think so. I'm not going to try it on my computer. You can try it on your computer. Let me hear them clickety clack. <laughs> go why ahead. It, go for it. Why is it a bad thing to go there? I don't, I don't know, man. I've never been there. Type it out WikiLeaks.org and like see. On, let, me, let me turn on my VPN. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, turn it on. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, I'm, 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 I'm excited now. I want to know. I wonder what happens. Now. You're making me scared. Why Why should I be scared to go to a website? I don't know, man. Just check it out. I don't know. Let's see. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me see if there's... Like, What's the UI UX engagement going on over there with WikiLeaks these days? Let's see. Let's go ahead go. and sign up for that newsletter, too. WikiLeaks.org. Is that, is that right here? No, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know either. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, it works. Oh, yeah, it's still there? Yeah. All right, the question is, did you start a timer? A timer? Yeah, because there's going to be some black Dodge Chargers parked outside your crib. <laughs> That's 15 minutes. Clinton email archive, Vault 8 Hive. WikiLeaks publishes the first source code repository related to a CIA project hive from Vault 7 publication. Huh. Uh, Vault 7 Pro Protego. Today, September 7, 2017, WikiLeaks published, publishes four secret documents from the Protego project of the CIA along with 37 related manuals. Spy Files Russia. Today, September 19, 2017, WikiLeaks starts publishing the series Spy Files Russia with the documents from the Russian company Peter Service. This episode took a weird turn. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not going to be hanging out on WikiLeaks because, you know, man, we got reports of the UK doing mass surveillance and the US doing mass surveillance. And These are old articles. They're really old. 2012. Well, here. So, like, 20. The 22nd of June, 2018, Ice Patrol is a searchable archive of U.S. immigration and custom enforcement employees with LinkedIn profiles. No, my Uh, uncle Reggie used to tell me something. And he used to drive us around the city, St. Louis, all the time. And uh, I would see things as a kid and I would be like, hey, you know, what's going on over there, Uncle Reggie? And what's going on over there? And he would always tell me, you know what? My name is Bennett and I ain't in it. And that's that's the same way I feel about WikiLeaks. You can call me Bennett, and I ain't in it. So let's move on to the next next article. Yeah, and it looks like a like a dead website. I mean, it's not much on it. It's like old stuff. I think it moves. Like I think it bounces around. Like you could be looking at an old version of it. Uh, okay. Yeah. You're making um, it sound like Twilight Zone stuff. Man. I did watch that movie with Benedict Cumberbatch, or is it Benedict Cumberbun? Is uh, it Cumberbatch? Benedict Cumberbun. Benedict Cumberbatch. How dare you? Benadryl, come on buns. 
Anyways, um, How dare you? He, the, you really, you're a big fan, huh? You're a big fan, uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbund. He's a uh, he's a good actor. <laughs> okay, you defend him with your honor, huh? Okay, uh, sorry, Bender, ben, Benedict Cumberbatch. What about Doctor Strange? Like, who, who, what kind of, I guess, what actors do you like? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Carlos Mencia. Uh, he's not an actor, he's a comedian. I'm kidding. I, oh, okay. Carlos Mencia is terrible. Uh, Denzel, he's up there. Uh, I like Denzel. He's good, he's good. Um, I'm a big fan of Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is good. I like a nice Woody Harrelson. Isn't he? Isn't like he Junior? Like the old guy, Anthony Hopkins Junior? No, no, no. Woody Harrelson Junior. Anthony, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins is just Anthony Hopkins. Really? Oh, okay. Yep. You're right. I like. Uh, I like well curated Robert Downey Junior. Which is basically just uh, Sherlock Holmes and Tony Stark. Okay. But he's basically just being himself in a movie. So, yeah. Um, I used to like Daniel Day Lewis until he until a- Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Um. Let's see. Uh, I'm a fan of Shia. Shia is uh, an enigma to me. He had that movie like- with the tank, Fury. Where yeah. Apparently, he got into the role so hard they got him his own separate hotel because he wasn't showering for weeks on end because he was trying to emulate what it would be like in the field in World War Two as a tank operator. Like, you know, the showers just aren't around. You know, you got to you got to live in a tank. You got to eat in a tank if you're on a tour, I guess. So like the other actors and actresses were like, dude, he stinks. He's like, we can't take this. Um, yeah, Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, Tom Hardy, Thomas Hardimus. Yeah, he's he's good. Uh, actresses, let's go to actresses. Uh, I like Tyler Berry and Monsters Balls. I like uh, what are the good actresses? Are Scarlet Scar Joe was decent in some movies there. Um, bring it on down to some Thandie Newton. She's been rocking my socks off in Westworld. I've seen three episodes. She knocked my socks off every episode. Uh, who else? What's that one chick who's like? Uh, I bet I can teach you how to kill people. Oh no, how to how to how to murder somebody. Uh, Mm-mm. nope. Okay, Zazie Beats. I'm a fan of Zazie Beats. I don't know who that Zoe is. Zoe Saldana. Yeah, I don't know Zoe Saldana. Why did you ask me that question? I'm just curious. Oh, okay. What who you like as actors? If you don't like. Benedict Cumberbuns. Uh Jean-Claude Van Damme is also one of my faves. So Have you seen him in his new Prime thing? Uh I refuse to watch anything that could taint my memories of him. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. 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 Remember him as he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just curious. So uh speaking of things that could be potentially tainting of something's reputation, Bitmain files draft application for a listing on a Hong Kong stock exchange. So Bit- Bitcoin's officially trying to be a public company. Ain't that a bee? You go from mining Bitcoin to mining Bitcoin cash hardcore. 
And now you want to do an IPO? Okay, let's read. Chinese crypto mining giant Bitmain has filed a draft application for listing the company's shares on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, or HKEX. HKEX. According to an official application document published Wednesday, September 26th, Bitmain has provided a draft application proof that is required for a public listing on the HKEX, aiming solely to disclose information to the public in Hong Kong and not for any other purposes. By providing a detailed business overview, Bitmain has stressed that the application proof is represented in the draft form, as it is a subject to future elaborations due to its incom- incomplete status. In the application's introduction, Bitmain has described the company as China's second largest among the world's top 10 fabulous IC design companies in terms of revenues in 2017. Providing a short description of the equipment supplied by the firm, the company emphasized that Bitmain is one of the few companies that offer mining tools for various cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum Dash, and Zcash. Bitcoin further specified the the specific (laughs) Bitcoin further specified the specifics. That's kind of redundant. Of the firm's business development, including their recent expansion with 11 new mining firms in the Sichuan province, Sichuan province and Inner Mongolia, as well as their operation of both the world's largest and second largest Bitcoin mining mining uh, pools. So, so, so long story short, uh, Bitmain's trying to go public. What do you think about that, Jesse? You think it's a big year, man? I think that's uh, that's pretty big. It's a significant turn for the industry, right? Yeah. Look, uh, in in the in one of the paragraphs below, Bitmain's plans to hold an initial an initial private offering were first unveiled June 2018 with Bitmain claiming that the company was, quote, open to launching an IPO with U.S. dollar-denominated shares. Oh, okay. I thought you they know, were, yeah. The thing about having a public company, is, well, I think this is, um, oh, no, this is an initial private offering? Yeah, it's I not it was an initial show. public offering. Oh, never mind. What I was going to say is usually with public companies, they have to say a lot of the things that are going on behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Like when they do their annual reports and such and stuff like that, you know, yeah, they do. it would give the public an eye into the mining industry to see like, oh, this is how it works. Oh, this is why these tokens have uh, what's the implicit value. Is that the word that people use? Like, what's the value of these tokens? There's no value. Well, there's lots of value that goes into it, but um, mm. it's just a private offering. So I can't go down that rabbit hole. So, speaking of uh, rabbit holes, let's take it on to Thursday. Cool. Last day of the week. Thursday begins with the article, Chinese banking giant issues $1.3 billion in securities on a blockchain. Ooh, security token offerings. Yeah, written by Wolfie Zhao, Bank of Communications, one of the four state-owned commercial banks in China, has completed a major issuance of residential mortgage-backed securities using a blockchain network. China Securities Times, the mouthpiece of uh, Chinese financial regulators, reported on Thursday that the banking giant issued a total of 9.3 billion yuan, or around $1.3 billion, worth of RMBSs via its proprietary blockchain network, Jukai chain. Okay. Um, 
According to a document dated September 27 that outlines the details of the issuance, the Bank of Communications was the main issuer with China International Capital Corporation as lead underwriter and book runner for the offering. Other co-underwriters included the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China and China Merchants Bank. By moving the credit data of the mortgages onto a distributed network, different parties along the issuance process are able to view the most up-to-date information and conduct due diligence and settle transactions in a peer-to-peer fashion, the report said. A residential mortgage-backed security is typically made of a pool of mortgage loans owned by financial institutions, which groups which group these loans into tranches depending on their risks and returns, and then sell to other investors. So it looks like they're trading RMBSs on blockchain. Nice. That's good. For, it's good for them. Good for them. Good for you, Chinese banking giant who outlawed blockchain but is still using blockchain crazy 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 (laughs) speaking of crazy the anatomy of bitcoin core's recent bug do you know about this dude is that Corey? that's uh that picture that doesn't look like Corey. the eyes doesn't look like Corey. it looks like taylor's husband my crypto guy my crypto uh Anyways, um, written by Julia Magus. This guy's coming on the show. I'm so excited. Julia Magus? The guy responsible for the bug. He's coming on the Bitcoin podcast. Oh. Software vulnerabilities continue to be a red flag issue in in crypto community. Not long ago, the top five cryptocurrency EOS network experienced a vulnerability right right in the dawn of its development. Same thing happened to Ethereum when a series of uh, DDoS attacks led to a significant delay in the operation of the nodes. And the news about another bug in the code came out yesterday when, with the announcement made by Monero developers to patch the vulnerability, which allowed attackers to burn funds. It could seem that such a kind, such kind of bug can affect any crypto, but not Bitcoin. But what could be worse than any than the vulnerability of a coin with a daily turnover of $4.5 billion? Perhaps only ignorance about the existing threat. The recent Bitcoin core vulnerability is a clear case in point. Quote, most catastrophic bug ever. On September 18, Bitcoin core developers announced a release of an update to fix a DDoS attack vulnerability. The most shocking discover, uh, discovery was that such an attack could be succeeded by flooding the full node operators with traffic, or by sending them information that could trigger a network crash. The fix, CVE-2018-1744, was initially addressed to several developers who were working on both Bitcoin Core and other cryptocurrency-based projects. The bug was identified by Bitcoin Cash developer Many, who concludes in his Medium post that CVE-2018-1744 is the most catastrophic bug in recent years, and certainly one of the most catastrophic bugs in Bitcoin ever. Ameni publicly expressed his feedback without hesitating to call Bitcoin Core's most prominent developer arrogant. Vulnerability is being tracked in the CVE 2018-17144 advisory, which includes the following description. Bitcoin Core 0.14.x before and then 0.14.3, 0.15.x before 0.15.2, 
and 0.16.x before 0.16.3 and Bitcoin knots 0.14.x through 0.16.x before 0.16.3 allow a remote denial of service application crash exploitable by miners via a duplicate in input. An attack can make Bitcoin D or Bitcoin QT crash. However, the vulnerability was much more serious as it could have allowed malicious miners to artificially inflate Bitcoin supply via a simple type of double input. In simple terms, the recent event is related to the consensus code. Miners could crash blocks in case they try to validate a block containing a transaction that attempts to spend the same input twice, causing the whole Bitcoin infrastructure to crash. Furthermore, providing that those invalid blocks need to be mined anyway, malicious miners willing to disregard block reward of 12.5 BTC, approximately $80,000, could even lead to destruction of the whole ecosystem. Mm. Massive bug. Update your nodes. We talked about this last week. Update your nodes if you're running nodes. Um, if you're just a user, just using services, then the, the main services have updated already. Um, you need to update too if you're running a node or if you're doing things, you know, there's stuff you need to do. So update, update. Big update, update it. Not one of those shitty iPhone updates. So this one's big time, baby. Crazy. Close us out, man. We got one more article. All right. Last article for Thursday. U.S. judge sides with CFTC in fraud case ruling cryptos are commodities. Oh, boom. Written by Wolfie Zhao. 223 retweets and two Reddit shares. U.S. judge has sided with the CFTC in a lawsuit involving an allegedly fraudulent crypto investment scheme ruling that cryptocurrencies involved are commodities for the purpose of the case. As Coindesk reported at the time, CFTC charged two individuals in a Las Vegas-based business called My Big Coin Pay over the alleged cryptocurrency-related scam back in January. The commission accused the pair Randall Crater and Mark Gillespie as well as the firm of taking customer funds and siphoning that money into their personal accounts. Additionally, they allegedly used those stored those funds for personal expenses and the purchase of luxury goods. Subsequently, the defendants filed a motion to dismiss the case on the grounds that the cryptos involved are not commodities and, as such, the CFTC has no jurisdiction over the case. However, Judge Raya, or, yeah, Raya W. Zobel from the District Court of Massachusetts has now agreed with the counter-arguments made by the CFTC and denied the motion to dismiss on Wednesday. As a result, the case will continue. The defendants contended that my Bitcoin which Crater and Gillespie marketed as a cryptocurrency that can be mined and traded, did not deal with any contracts for future delivery. Therefore, it's not a commodity under the CEA, a Commodity Exchange Act, the two argued. So it looks like these guys are being taken to court, and this is not actually a broad brush ruling. It's just a ruling that's specific to this case. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So, what do you think? It's a commodity? Is it money? Is it shares? How do you view crypto, Jesse, personally? Uh, it's a different class of investments. I think there should be new rules written um, or existing kind of... That's what the fuck I'm talking about. See, that's why we get to agree on shit. That's why we agree on shit, Jesse, right there. It's new. 
New rules. Okay? The ball game is new. Stop trying to pigeonhole this bullshit. Excuse yep. me. I didn't mean to get so riled up. Pretty heated. <laughs> you got pretty heated there. <laughs> got triggered again. Uh, sorry. I get triggered sometimes. Anyways. Um, we can wrap this down. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of Just the Headers. This one was a bit lengthy compared to the two episodes ago, but, you know, sometimes we go on tangents. I'm glad you know who all of my favorite actors and actresses are. Uh, not all of them, but we can go on forever there. Uh, maybe I'll, you can catch my login at IMDb. I review movies. I'm that guy. Um, what, uh, what do we got to plug? So the Bitcoin podcast dot network, uh, you get a network of shows. If you're listening to this one, there's likelihood you'll like the rest. We have crypto bully who it's basically his personal adventure, uh, interviewing different people within the space and slightly without the space and tying that into crypto. We have the law and blockchain podcast with Amy Wan, CEO of save wise, which is a smart contract resolution, uh, consulting company. Um, let's see what else do we offer? Hashing it out with Corey and Colin. Getting a lot of buzz there with hashing it out. Good job, Corey Colin. We have the Bitcoin podcast with myself, Cello and Corey, the old schools. Just kind of talking. Jesse's new show, The Mexican Filipino. No I'm kidding. He does have a Twitch though. Tell him about your Twitch. Twitch.tv slash the Mexican Filipino. I stream a lot of uh popular games and also some new obscure games that have just come out there you so go. yeah check, check it out mukbak mukbang Mook we still bang. doing that we can <laughs> do you want to watch me eat church's chicken sure <laughs> they serve jalapenos now like it's such a big deal at churches yeah, like my gas station down the street has the churches, and there's advertisements all all up all over the walls. They're like, "Get your favorite jalapenos here at Church's Chicken," and I'm like, "When, when did I ever go to Church's Chicken for jalapenos? I don't think I've ever gone to Church's Chicken." Are they fried? Huh? I've never tried them, but they I, apparently they're amazing. They they really want me to try them for a dollar thirty nine cents or however much, and I'm like, "That's like that's literally like three cents worth of jalapenos. Why are you charging me a dollar?" <laughs> I guess that's why. So, um, anyways, that was a, that was a tangent. Um, the Mexican Filipino twitch.tv slash Mexican Filipino. Get your ass beat a battle right. That should be it. We should have listeners of this show challenge you one v one battle right. Okay. There it is. So if you're listening to this and you play battle right or you don't get on get on Steam. It's free. You download Battle Right. Jesse's going to be on there. His name is Luri, L-U-R-I. You can challenge him to 1v1s, and we'll stream it, and we'll even put the link in the Slack so you can see who from the Slack is getting that ass beat by Jesse at Battle Right. That's, that's an, that's an intricate have, plan. We'd have pots. Like, we should put pots on it. We should put pots on who can beat Jesse at Fortnite or Battle Right, or WoW for that matter. And just like is you versus the people, we call Jesse versus the, the Mexican Filipino versus the people. We're gonna do crypto gambling. Is crypto gambling, baby! It's not illegal yet because it's not even been thought about yet. So I'm down, totally. You down. are. 
This could be a thing, man. We should think about that. We should. We should like, try to like... be the network that takes esports and connects it with crypto. Why not? I don't think I mean, anybody else is. That's that's. I think a lot of people are actually. Oh. They just don't use crypto, or if they do, they need to use crypto. There's some other medium in between crypto. crypto. Like CS:GO has keys. You can gamble with keys, or you can gamble with like thousand dollar knives. Gamble with fucking gogurt. I'm kidding. That is gross. But yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, man, I would like to see you like tear somebody down at like wow who's in the slack i would pay to watch you versus somebody i'm terrible and, at wow though so like i wouldn't bet on myself for that mm-hmm. he's trying to get you guys he's a hustler he's a hustler <laughs> the opposite of a hustler <laughs> he's trying to get you anyways thank you guys for tuning in to another week thank you for tuning in for 23 weeks now in a row um yeah 23 weeks of headlines all these headlines coming together starts to make your brain do little spaghetti dances because it's like, whoa, all these connecting dots, but so tangential. Nevertheless, um, yeah, that's it. You got anything? You want to play this out? Yeah, no, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode. Dope.